Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Because you lead us in the way we should go. We pray, Father God, that each day that we awaken to this life, we can walk with you, we can confer and inquire of you, and Lord, that our wisdom might be known by following what you have spoken to our hearts. The crossroads of decisions, Lord. We want to learn how to be wise and make decisions after your own heart because those who follow you, Lord, you make them the head and not the tail. You give them wisdom beyond their years. You give them the capacity to decide and to choose which way they should go, Lord. We pray, Father God, that these things would not remain in the Bible, within the covers of the book that you have given us, but that it would be transferred into our lives, Lord, so that we too might walk in this world choosing and making decisions that, for, that are for our betterment, for our prosperity, for our increase, for the fulfillment of everything you've called us to in this life, Lord. Father, though we once were fools and we were lost and we were in darkness because of you, because of your word, because of your truth, Lord, we don't have to continue in a divination, Lord, and guessing and playing chances in our life, Lord. Give us wisdom this morning that we could walk as your people, that we can pursue what you have provided, and that your word would not return void, but that it would bring forth fruit according to what you sow in our hearts this morning. Prosper your word, prosper this word in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to share, although brief, what God intended for us from the beginning. I want to tell you that the, at the very beginning, man was instructed on what to do, and he chose to depart from the instruction he had. And instead of making a decision that was the right decision, he chose the wrong decision and brought all of humanity down with his decision. In this life, many people tell me, I can't help it. I don't know what's going on. It must have been the wind was blowing, the sun rose, the atmosphere, the waves. They blame everything but upon their capacity to have made a wise decision. John Maxwell is a very well-known teacher of the Word of God in leadership. And he says that everything rises and falls in, on leadership. And I want to say, let's take it a little bit deeper and say that everything is able to prosper or fail based on the decision we make. It's the decisions we make that will determine our destiny. Our destiny is not a matter of chance and it wasn't conferred over to another person to make that decision for us. God wanted us to be a people that would make wise decisions because decisions would determine the course of our actions in our life. In fact, the very sum of everything we become and everything that happens in our life is the full, full and complete version to every decision we've either made or have not made. And the greatest thing that a parent could give his child is the gift of being able to make wise decisions. 
This is something that needs to be conferred to our children. I praise God for my four children. I praise God to see them as they have alternatives in life and they continue to choose what is called the right decision or what we've learned in Christianity as righteousness. Have you ever heard that word in your Christian walk? If we were right people, we would have made one or two decisions that were right. But if we are righteous people, our whole life is a commitment of intentionality to pick that which is right, and that makes us righteous. In fact, that's where um, decisions start. It was a judge's decision on matters that was called a righteous decision, a just outcome, uh, something that, that turns out right. And God didn't want us to start wrong um, and figure we're going to end right. He wants us to start right, and that's our assurance that everything's going to be okay down the future. I was talking to several men in the last week, and they said, Pastor, all my decisions of my past are bringing me this harvest of destruction. I could see the times that I sowed those seeds of doing the wrong thing, thinking I would have the right result. You can never expect when you do something wrong or something that's not right or make a bad decision to have good results take place. That would be contrary to reality. In fact, wisdom and foolishness are both made visible by the decisions we make. The, in the Bible, we have Solomon. And Solomon was considered a wise man. And you know why he was wise? Not because he had some information up here, but because when he made decisions, they were the right decisions. You don't have to play chance. And God said it was a curse. It was an abomination for his people to guess. Because if it was up to guessing, we'd say, I wonder if I picked the right one. Listen, you shouldn't pick until you know it's the right one. You should decide that you're going to pick what is right. And you say, well, it's taking too long to decide. Well, you better wait, my friend, because you will inherit your madness and it will become a nightmare. But God decided to give us everything we needed to make right choices in this life. In fact, the very first uh, chapter of the book of Proverbs, I want to go there very quickly. There's a book in, in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament. It's called the book of Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. It was given us not so we could become philosophers and religious bigots. It was given to us so that we might become wise and that in our wisdom we can make the right choice. We could be people of purpose, people that have destiny, people that have positive and prosperous outcomes because of the decisions we make. And Proverbs 1 verse 1 says, These Proverbs of Solomon the son of David, king of Israel are for us to, verse 2, know wisdom. For us to know instruction. For us to perceive and learn how to understand. Verse 3 it says, so we might receive the instruction of wisdom. One thing is to know it, the other thing is to receive it. And the instruction of wisdom and justice and decision making and discernment and fairness and judgment and equity. Verse 4. To give prudence to the simple. To the young man might acquire knowledge and discretion. That word discretion means 
picking between two. Picking between many. That you might be discreet. Verse 5, for a wise man will hear and increase his learning. A man of understanding will attain to wise counsel. To be able to understand riddles. What's a riddle? Where you don't know the solution. Where you don't know there's a problem. This guy was using math. What a joke. What a joke to say, uh, are you good looking? That's a, are she good looking? Well, I'm better looking than her. And then based on numbers of stupidity, they're trying to bank on their future. He was 95% destined to fail the moment that he decided to walk without the wisdom of God. And we have to be a people that are pursuing God's understanding. He says to understand riddles, to understand wise enigmas, problems, difficulties. Those of us that decide that we're going to be reckless in our ability to come to conclusions and decisions. Regardless of the decisions you make, some people think, if I make any decision, everything will be okay. Guess what? No! If you don't make the right decision, don't expect the right result. If you don't fall, uh, f- uh, follow after wisdom to decide, don't expect a positive future. For we see those that despise wisdom and do not learn how to make wise decisions will say what it says in Proverbs 5 verse 9. You will give your honor to others. You will give your future. You will gamble the future to the advice of others. I remember 10 years ago, my accountant came up to me and says, Joaquin, you need to choose this because of the economy that, because everybody is scared of this. And I said, no, I will choose faith. I will choose wisdom. I will choose not to be moved by the things of this world. 10 years later, everyone who followed his advice had lost all their wealth and he was walking about suicidally about to take his life because we're not to give our honor to other people. The Bible says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, of the ungodly, getting your advice and your decision making by people that are like this mathematician. The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. God has given us much too great honor in being able to have a bright future. He says, don't give your honor to others or your years to the wicked one because aliens will be filled with your worth, wealth, and your work will go to the house of a foreigner. And in verse 11 says, you will finally and at last mourn. You will cry when you see your whole life is wrecked Verse 12, and you will say how I hated instruction, how my heart despised correction, how I did not want to learn how to be wise. Verse 13, I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers. I did not incline my ears to those that were trying to instruct me. I became on the verge of total ruin. Even in the midst, verse 14, even in the midst of God's people. So if your lifetime is is bad decisions, decisions out of fear, decisions out of pride, decisions out of uh, onslaught of things that God never intended you to walk in, 
pride, indifference, rebellion, disobedience. Don't expect your future to be bright in the midst of the congregation. Instruction is given to us not because we want to browbeat you with, with an overburdening burden of, of learning for our benefit. Instruction is given so you come to the right result, so that you make the right decision, so that the future is bright and purposeful. Instruction is given that you might partake of a kingdom of righteousness. This kingdom of righteousness means everything is right that God says. Everything that God does is, is right on. It's hitting the target. Sin is defined as missing the target. And God wants us to hit the bullseye. God doesn't want to leave things up to chance. Using discernment in the Bible is perfecting the art of deciding. Can you read with me, please, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. He says that the strong men... Those that are mature are able to feed off solid food. And this solid food belongs to mature men who have exercised their discretion to be able to know the difference between good and bad. This is not for a child. If I put a table up here and put a bowl of ice cream on one side and I would put $5,000 in $100 bills, a child would choose the ice cream because he has no maturity to know what to decide or how to decide. But you and I that are growing up in the Lord, we're being trained up to be able to discern between right and wrong, to be able to make the difference between a right decision and a bad decision. The word decision in the origins meant the capacity to build. If you decide right, you are building that which is, is, it grows, it, it increases, it, it engages in prosperity. But bad decisions is tearing down, it's subtracting, it's, it's taking from you what is good. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16. Solomon has been king now for some time, and two women come up to him. And the story goes that one of the uh, child, children died so they could eat off of it. And the other one says the other one um, died also. It's, 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 there's one baby remaining and two women. And Solomon says, let's cut it in half and give one half to one woman and the other half to the other woman. And the woman whose baby it was says, no, no, don't, don't cut the baby in half. The other one says, okay. And then Solomon says, this is the mom, the one who's willing to give it up. And he was known for that decision of wisdom. You too, my friend, you too, my friend, will be known by the decisions you make. And don't put this off on anybody else. One of the men recently got married here at the church and Ten months into his marriage, he turns around and says, the church is at fault. They're the ones that married me. That's the prime of foolishness. That's, that's the hallmark of a man who doesn't want to walk based on the decisions he's made. Absconding from his responsibility. I want to tell you that we have, I'll tell you why we have a reason to always make the right decision. Because our decisions come from the Lord. 
Proverbs 16, verse 1. This is why we can stand assured on the fact that when we make a decision, we're going to reap the benefits. Because although we're preparing a lot of things in our heart, we're waiting from the answer that comes from the mouth of the Lord. We're waiting for what God says. I know what you think, but what does God say? Why? What does God say? Follow God's lead. Follow His capacity to tell you what you need to do. In the Old Testament, there was the high priest who had the Urim and the Thummim. There were two rocks. And we see these two rocks. When a matter needed to be decided, people would go to the men of God. They used to throw the rocks. And depending on the outcome of the rocks, they made their decisions. And I want to tell you that you don't have to guess anymore because the Lord wants to tell you what to decide and how to decide. And your decision will put that line between good and bad right down the middle. You won't have to partake one day in your life of anything evil and bad. Because God has promised to lead you in the way you should go. But you know something? You've got to do things different than the world does them. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1 he says, Do not be conformed. I beseech you therefore brethren. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. By the mercies of God, because of His goodness, present yourself before God. Show up before God and ask God. Ask God, where, which way should you go? Which way should you live? Which job you should take? Which door you should knock on? And He says in verse 2, Do not do it like the world does. Transform your thoughts. Renew your thoughts, renew your capacity so that you can be able to determine what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God is not indecisive on why you exist. God didn't bring you up here as, a, as an experiment. God has purpose and destiny for your life. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, 1 Kings 18, 21, many people believe that if they make no decisions, everything will be okay. Listen, if you make no decisions, decisions will be made for you. If you make no decisions, decisions will be made for you. Somebody will set and define your reality. Somebody will tell you your worth. Somebody will determine who you marry. Somebody will determine where you live. Somebody will determine what your future has for you. And here Elijah tells the people of God, how long will you continue between not deciding? Yes, no. Do I come in? Do I go out? Is it this one or is it that one? Some people don't have the capacity to make decisions. So that's why we're sharing this, this message this morning. Not only for those who make bad decisions, but for those that are like these rocket scientists. Their life is passing them by. They could put a rocket on the moon and they can't decide how to start a family, who to marry, where to go look for a wife. God bless. Couldn't they pick the church for that experiment? Did they have to pick a bar? A bar? We're going to walk into this bar? Everybody's drinking, smoking, cursing. Wrong choice. Wrong decisions. 
We weren't destined to that. How long will you falter between two decisions? If God is really you, God, then follow him. That's the number one decision that many of us this morning need to make. I'm, I'm surprised, just like this skit we just saw, the young girl gives to Christ and then she takes back, I'm going to go do this. Well, who told you that? I feel like it. That's, that's what I want to do. Listen, if you're going to be successful in this life, you better start embracing what God wants you to do. If he is God, let him make your choices. I thank God for every decision the Lord has made in my life. It's fruitful, it's blessed, it's peaceful, it's joyful. It has a future, it has a promise. For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to give you a, a future and a hope. Plans to prosper you. Those are the decisions God wants to make. And people kidnap God all the time. So while the prophet is telling them, how long will you falter in this indecision... If God is God, follow Him. But if you want foolishness to be your arraignment, your clothing, if you want foolishness to be your fruit, then go for that. You know what the people said? Look what it says at the last of the verse. The, but the people answered Him not a word. They continued without a decision. There's some of you that don't have a capacity to decide. Confusion has wrecked your life because you won't follow God and His leading. Some of you have sequestered your life. You would be well far in advance of where you are, but you keep on taking detours. You keep on saying, Lord, I'll be right back. And one gentleman that we knew when he was 18 years old told the Lord, I just want the summertime just to have fun with my friends. His summer excursion took him 20 years. Be careful when you get off on your own decisions. The Bible says that he who reaps, he who sows the wind, he who sows the wind will reap the whirlwind. That means those that don't make any decisions at all are those that will be the worst of all. Josh McDowell says a young girl who decides, who fails to decide whether she's going to go to her marriage bed as a virgin upon her first date since she has not decided that, she loses her virginity. He says it's better that young people might decide now. I'm going to be a virgin the day I be in bed with my wife, with my husband, on the marriage bed. If you make that decision now, you will be able to fight all the battles that come. Why? Because you would have made a decision. And when the opportunity arises, you will say, no, this is a matter that has been decided. This is settled. This is not negotiable. This is not to be compromised on. But those who won't make that decision will soon fall and see themselves the victim of having not decided. And somebody else will decide what is going to be their future. Some of us are experts at being like ostriches. You know what an ostrich does, right? He sees something. And instead of running and making a decision to do something, he sticks his head in the hole and stays right there. I don't know how they figure that not deciding something is going to be better than hauling butt and running at 60 miles an hour that they could run. Let's decide what we're going to do before the time comes. I want to tell you, those of you that don't decide, you're not deciding is already a decision. You're not deciding is already decided. The people who decide not to come to Christ have already decided to reject him. Those who decide not to seek counsel have already decided to walk in their foolishness. Those who decide not to seek the Lord's decision have already decided where they're headed. 
When we fail to make decisions, it is often others that make it for us. We must be careful when we forego a decision we have to make. Not put it off for all of eternity. It was while I was doing my mediation in my law practice that many of the clients would come in and say, I'm not coming to a decision. I said, don't worry, pretty soon the judge will be in front of you and he'll decide for you. The judge will draw that line you don't want to draw. The judge will set your reality that you don't want to set. It's good for us to be able to make decisions. And I want to tell you the first thing in making a decision, besides allowing God to be involved, besides allowing God to lead you, you must stop. Some of us think that we can't stop. I can't. I can't stop. What do you mean stop? Yeah, stop. Because it's better for you to stop and consider the times than continue and to wreck your life. Stopping is a good time whenever you need to make a decision. Don't make a decision unless first you have stopped and waited. Let the time set in. Let the season. Let the season mature. Many men make decisions off of a rash impulse, a rash emotion, a rash sense of, of, of attraction. And they wake up in the morning and they figure it out is the wrong choice. Give yourself time to anything you do. Because every decision you make will come to its fruition. It will come to its maturity. It will come to its time. You don't have to decide of matter. One of the good things that I've learned in Christianity is this word called, could you say with me, wait? That's a great word. That's a word for the wise. Before I do anything, I'm going to wait upon the Lord. He will renew my strength. He will allow me to mount up on the wings of an eagle. He will allow me to soar the heights of his purposes if I can wait. If I could wait till tomorrow. If I could wait a week. If I could wait a month. If I could wait a year. Let me do things and make decisions in God's timing. And those that don't wait, they will soon suffer. I've had many young husbands saying, Pastor, why didn't you tell me to wait? You guys said, you kidding me? You were Flash. You were Flash Gordon. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a time for everything. There's a time for purposes under heaven. You don't have to. The young people that don't wait to leave their homes, they run away as young children. They wreck their future. Wait. Wait to grow up. Wait for the times of God. Everything under heaven has a time, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to sow and harvest. Time to kill, a time to heal. Time to break down, a time to build up. Lord, teach me when I'm to build up, when I'm to tear things apart. When I should, it's a season to sow. Many of you want to reap where you haven't sown. Remember one day, I planted a flower in a flower bed outside my house. I love gardenias. I love the smell. And I planted this, this tree there. And some time had passed, and I said, no flowers. I got upset and I ripped it out of the ground. I said, this is a junk tree. This is no good. No fruit, no flowers. And later on that afternoon, the Lord says, he shall give forth fruit in his season. I had pulled out the tree before I waited for it to bloom. I had expected a fruit when it wasn't time. 
So I made a decision that was rash. It was too quick. It wasn't according to time. We have to ask God in our, ti- in our, in our decision making, is it the right time? It's a good thing, but is it the right time? It's a great thing, but is it the right time? It's an incredible dream, but is it the right time? And many times I've learned that in my life, I've run ahead of myself so fast, I have always lost God's timing. I've always lost in many opportunities in my life to see the good things come, but I did not wait for them. There's a time to love, time to hate, a time to war, time to peace. Proverbs 20, verse 25, we run quickly. and says, it's a snare for man to be devoted hastily. It's a snare for somebody to commit before it's time. There's a young girl here in the congregation. She came a couple weeks ago. She says, Pastor, I'm overwhelmed. I said, because it's not time for you to have an 80-hour-a-week job. You're still studying. You're still, you're still enjoying time at home with your parents. Don't run into decisions before their time. Because they won't be a blessing. They'll be a burden. And it says, Proverbs 20, verse 25, it's a trap. It's a snare for something to be committed to. And then after, you have to say, oh, sorry. I know we got married, but I don't have a job. I know we got married, but I don't have a house for you. I know we got married, but go ask your dad if they could lend us some money. It wasn't the time. You have to reconsider your commitment. I want to tell you that some Christians think they don't have to use their brain. Some Christians think, God, God will show up. Listen, God gave you a brain for you to use. And Ed Cole says those things you don't use, you lose. Ask God to give you a mindset to develop and to use your brain. Decisions are all about considering, meditating, weighing. I want to tell you that we're not very good at this because we were born into a world that didn't teach us the wisdom of God. But Proverbs 16.23 says, The mind of the wise. When a wise man thinks about something, then the mouth answers. When you thought something, listen, turn on your brain before you speak. Think. Um, in Spanish, Calienta el cerebro. Let your, let your mind start. Ooh, come on, baby. Here it comes. Let's go. Think. Let's hang upside down. Let blood get into that organ. So that when you speak, you don't say something stupid. I've all too many of times spoken before I thought, and it's been horrible, catastrophic. The Bible says the mind of a wise man instructs his mouth. And so he could add to learning. And he could add things that are good to his speak, to his words. Think before you speak. Say, Lord, let me take this under consideration. You don't have to answer suddenly. Suddenly. And then be committed to things you cannot live. Horrible decisions are based on bad choices. People that did not consider, did not take inventory... Did not take the steps the Bible tells you to take. The process is too hastily. The emotions are too huge. There are certain things in your life where you'll be so overwhelmed by your emotions, the best thing you could do is to think. Don't run ahead before it's time. You guys remember that you're only going to end up where you thought you were going to go. And some of you have no idea where you're going 
And you're off on the trail. And they said, where are you going? I don't know, but I'm coming. But where are you going? I don't know where I want to go. Listen to this scene we're going to watch now in Alice in Wonderland as she walks. And I don't recommend Alice in Wonderland for your children, by the way. This is a demon-possessed cartoon. This cartoon shows all the failures of man as they're on their life's experience. This man was, was drugged out when he made this story. He was a twisted man. But I want to show you a little bit of the glimpse of how we live life. Here, Alice in Wonderland is walking down the trail, and she reaches the crossroads of not knowing where to go. And she has a demon-possessed cat that starts speaking to her. So let's watch this. Hope you don't run into this cat when you make your decisions. I, I wonder which way I'm... You guys want time to download it? All right. Let's go back. We have a limited amount of time. There'll be people that don't know the process because I want to tell you there's seven steps you must take when you're going to make a decision. First, you need to have a goal. You need to know where you're going because if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to know how to get there. First, set up decisions. And you know what the decision I made a long time ago that has helped me? I want to do the will of God for my life. That's my destiny. I want to fulfill that which God called me to in this world. I have no other goal. I want to live for his glory. I want to fulfill why he put me upon this earth. I want to walk and do and say and speak and hang out with the people he has written about me in the good book up in heaven. I saw this in the life of Moses. I saw this in the life of David. Both of them would say, Lord, what you have written in that book of yours, up in heaven, let me fulfill it down here. And since I was 16 years old and I heard that, I started saying, I want to live. That's my goal. My goal in life is not to be all over the place. That's why when they offered me money, I said, no, thank you. That's why when they offered me fame, I said, no, thank you. That's when they offered me popularity, I would say, take a hike. I'm here upon the earth to do the will of my God so that when I stand in heaven, my goal is to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. End of story. So when you have your, your end in mind, then you know how to choose. If you want to be famous, if you want to have money, if you ha want to have other things, when the crossroads of life comes, you will betray that which you're called to do. So the first thing is to have a goal. Know where you're headed. Outline your goals. Find out the outcome you want in this life. It will enable you to make the decisions that are precise and accurate. I was telling my staff this week, I know that you guys are bringing a lot of things to my table, but since I know what I want to do, I have to say it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. This is what God wants us to do. It's not that. It's not that. This is what God is calling us to. But if you don't know what you're going for, then you don't know how to decide. If you're like a child in these matters, then you do a 50 million things. I have pastor friends 
The one, for, for 10 years they'll do this. For 10 years they do that. Uh, uh, they'll do Hillsong a little bit. They'll do the Purpose Driven Life a little bit. They'll do the Toronto Revivals a little bit. They'll do the Pensacola Revival. And they start changing from, from move to move. Thank God we have not followed in suit. For we're following our goal to change the world. We're not joining ourselves to other people. We're not joining ourselves to Calvary Chapel or to Ed Young. We have a task to restore integrity and godly character amongst the body of Christ everywhere. We're not defined by the music that's being played because God has given us a clear vision. The second step, first you you pick your goal, your destiny, your outcome. The second step is begin to gather information. I want to get married. That's a good decision. Now start collecting the facts. Start gathering the data. Start investigating what a marriage is, how to put it together. Get around people that are successful at marriage. I don't want to do that. I just want to get married. Then you're going to marry the wrong person because you don't have a clue what a marriage is. You don't have a clue how to make a successful marriage. You don't know what marriage is going to bring you even though you want to get married and that's your goal. Gather the facts. Find out. You You know what's one of the good things? To find out before you get married who the heck you're marrying. That's just off the shoot. Do a little bit of investigation. Find out who this wonderful person is that you're going to commit to, to start a family with. Third, second is gather the information. Gather, take inventory. I don't want to. You're scared. Find out. Ask questions. Let's go to this uh, clip now. We're here I'm going back to poor Alice. Now let's see, where was I? I, I wonder which way I would go. Now, where in the world did you suppose that? <laughs> Lose something. Oh, and uh, 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 well, uh, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I was just wondering. Oh, it's quite all right, eh? One moment, please. Ooh. Second chorus. It was brilliant, and the slight was a little guyer and begins falling away. Why, why you're a cat? A Cheshire cat. Old Mimsy in the border road. Oh wait, don't go, please. There you are. Third. Oh no, no, thank you. But I just wanted to ask you which way to go. Which well, way to go? That depends on where. Depends. You want to get to. On where you want to get. Oh, it really doesn't matter. As long as I. Then really doesn't matter which way you go. Alright, that's good. <laughs> which way are you going? It really doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter and where you want to walk. If you're not making a decision where you're purposefully going to end up, then it doesn't, don't even ask questions. And, and sadly enough, many people don't ask questions. They're not good at it. They don't want to have the advice to make the good decisions. 
Number three, after you've gathered the information, after you've gathered the resources, use your brain. Think. Put on one side the good stuff. Put on the other side the bad stuff. Weigh the alternative. Find out where you're headed. Well, I gathered all the... He's a drug dealer. He's a fugitive. He spent the last 15 years. I'll marry him. Listen, use your brain. It's good you collected the facts. It's good that you've gathered information. Now use your brain. Verse uh, number three. Number four. Find out the positives and the negatives. Not everything's going to be positive. There's going to be some negatives. Can you reconcile some of the negatives? When I met my wife, I said, man, she has all these good things. She has a couple bad things. And guess what? I can live with that. I found out what are these things, and I love those things in her life, and I could live with them forever. Don't find out after you're married and say, guess what? She snores. Guess what? She doesn't love her mother. There's all these things that will wreck your life. She doesn't want to have children. A man got married a couple years ago, and he told his wife, I want to have kids. She says, I can't. I can't have kids. I don't want to have kids. Find out. Use your brain. Number four, list the pros and the cons. Get, get, make sure you could address these situations that are difficult. Make sure that you know what they are and you can live with them. Number five, make a decision. Because some of you guys will be paralyzed by analysis. This guy's been dating a girl for 15 years. He says, I don't know if I'm going to marry her yet. He knows her more than he knows anybody else, but he won't take it to the altar. He won't stand to commit with her. He won't make a decision. He's a spineless jellyfish. He's a no character, no good, horrible man. Make a decision. You're going to have to make decisions when you get married. Oh, but I don't like to. I'll call my mom. I'll call someone. No, listen to me. Part of manhood is a person that has the capacity not only to make a decision, to make the right decision. To stand up and, and, and say, this is what's going to happen. And this is what the Lord has shown me. And I've talked to the men of God in my life. And they've talked to me about being careful here. Uh, Kenny came to my house this week. He says, Pastor, i got these alternatives. These are the options. What do you say? We weighed them out. We came to, okay, this is the best decision. This, is, this looks like it's going to be favorable. This looks like it's going to be fruitful. It's going to be intentional. It's going to produce these aspects. Consider these other ones. Once you make a decision... Take action. Start going after the decision you've made. Don't just say, yeah, I'll marry you. My friend, go find somewhere to get married. Find out what you're going to wear, your wedding date. Find out the money you need to get married. Find out what this business is all about. Go find a location. Go see what it takes to get in there. After you made a decision, go for it and put it into practice. Indecision is horrible. Number seven. Six was... Make the, five is make a decision, six is go after it. And seven is study the decisions you've made. Why? Because if in the past you made bad decisions, study them so you don't make them again. If you already got divorced because you didn't go through this process, now when you're going to go through this process again, man, don't just shoot through this thing real quick. Find out what you need to do to be successful. If you lost one business, find out what you need to do to be successful in the next. If your relationship with your sons went bad one week, find out what you did wrong, the decision you made wrong, and make a good decision. 
There's nothing that says you got to stick with a bad decision. Begin to put these things in order and ask God. I'm going to finish this next Sunday where God wants all of you to succeed. God doesn't want any of us to lose ground, to waste time. Let's stand this morning and ask God to give us strength. If we can't finish next week because Sixto Porras might be coming into town, uh, a friend of ours, he's the director of Focus on the Family for Latin America, he might be here next week. It might be a surprise. I'm just letting you uh, know ahead of time so that you not miss out next week. Um, I called him last night, and he says there's a possibility that he might be here, but if not, we, we have some good stuff that we'll continue on. But let's, let's ask God, God, I don't want to be known as a fool anymore. I don't want to be known in, you know, uh, what, what did this guy, um, what did Forrest Gump say? Stupid is as stupid does. You're known for your stupidity. You don't have to be like that. You can say, God, I want to be a wise man. Listen, the first five years in my Christianity, when I met the Lord and I, and I saw Solomon ask for wisdom, for five years, the only thing I asked God for was wisdom. Put everything else in the, in, you know, in, away and start asking God, give me wisdom, Lord. I want to think right. I want to speak right. I want to do what's right. And God is going to pour out his wisdom like it says in James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who will give us everything we need. So you don't have to sit there and say, Whoop, that was the wrong choice. Whoop, that was the wrong person. Whoop, that was the wrong career. I had a friend of mine who studied a career. wasn't what God had for him. And he just found out now he's 80 years old. What do you do? What do you do? Start all over when you made a wrong decision for 50 years? No. That's not what God intended for his people. We're to do great big things because God is the one that's leading us to triumph. Father, I give you thanks this morning for what you've done in this place. The small amount of time we've been here, Lord, you have set us straight. You have spoken to our hearts. And we want first and foremost and above all things to follow Christ. We want to follow him faithfully. We want to follow his wisdom and his ways and his men, the men that you've appointed to help us be successful in life, Lord, that we might have fellowship with them, that we might consider them, that we might weigh their counsel because there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel, Lord, and plans are successful when people come together and share with them, Lord. I give you thanks for all those that are here this morning, Lord. Lord, you want to transform them from glory to glory, from a good decision to a great decision, from a great decision to a world-changing decision. Move with power this morning, I pray, over the lives of your people, Lord, in every area, Lord, in family relationships, in finances, in personal life of security and assurance and boldness, that you would give us the courage, Lord, and remove fear from our steps. You say that the righteous man is is as courageous as a lion why because he he knows what the steps he needs to take they've been confirmed by prophetic utterance they've been called to by the authorities you've set over our lives our parents our pastors father we give you thanks for your mercies are being renewed even right now over the lives of these people and we bless your name in the house of the lord and the people of god say amen if you have decided to follow jesus sing with me